Welcome to Ink Tank, an enthusiast podcast for animated feature films. I'm your host, Lily, and joining me today is my very special guest, Drega. Hello. Hi, it's nice to uh, talk on your show, Blue. I'm so glad you brought me on your show to talk about The Shape of Water. I thought it was a really cool movie. Um, you know, I'm not usually one for romance movies, uh, but it was really cool. And the fact that the lead was completely mute for the whole thing, I thought that was a neat detail. Uh, what did you think? I thought it was great. And I think that you planned a bit without telling me you were going to do a bit. <laughs> Caught red-handed. <laughs> well, hi, Drega. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. I have had a, a long day and I'm ready to talk about some good, good movies. Aren't you always? Uh, you're right. I'm always ready, but you know. Um, so sp speaking of movies, what are we talking about today? And don't say Shape of Water, even though that was a really good film. <laughs> it's yes, not appropriate so for children. <laughs> that is also true. And I wasn't sure that that was going to fly. Anyway, we we're actually talking about <laughs> Anastasia, which is a very nice uh, film. Can I share my funny story? I told you I had a funny story about it and I didn't tell you the story on purpose. Yes, I would love to. But for two and a half seconds, I'm going to go through all of the fun facts about this movie. And then you are welcome to share. I want to hear everything. those fun facts. All right, so uh, the movie Anastasia came out uh, November 21st of 1997. Um, I was two months old. <laughs> um, it's a 20th century, 20th century Fox film. It was directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman. Don Bluth is known for like All Dogs Go to Heaven and Land Before Time and movies like that. Um, it currently has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb and an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not bad. Uh, and then Google users, so the general public, gave it a 91%. Um, it made, it had a $50 million budget and it ended up making almost $140 million, which is really cool. So, I have no point of that. reference for that, but that does sound pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they almost tripled their budget. Yeah. Cool. So tell me your funny story. I want to hear it. Yeah. So I was just a little boy and I was at my grandmother's house, um... And I guess I watched it somehow. I don't know if it was on TV or if she had the VCR or something. Sure. Um, but, like, I was too young to really understand what was going on, but I knew it had, like, funny characters and a cool European aesthetic, which stayed with me. <laughs> right. Um, and so, like, I think I was at my grandmother's house again. I wanted to watch it, but I couldn't remember the name at all. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know enough to, like, describe it. And she didn't know what I was talking about. Right. Um, so eventually we found a VCR that was titled Fantasia. Which I oh, thought no. that was it, and it was not. Well, I mean, Fantasia and Anastasia are kind of similar, so exactly. Yeah, I, can, I can understand so, like, that. For years and years, I thought that I just jumped up this other movie called Fantasia that didn't actually exist, and <laughs> that didn't change until I was in AP Euro, and after the AP test, we watched it in class, because um, you don't have a whole lot else to do after like you take the whole test. Um, and then, finally, everything made sense. So, how old were you when you took the AP Euro test? I was, like, 14. So it was so, already seven years ago. I was going to say, so you like lived a lie for like eight years? I did. Something like that. <laughs> something approximately like that? <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah, this marks the third time that I've watched this movie. <laughs> Good. And probably the most cognizant time that you've watched this movie. Because I know that I don't always pay attention when we watch a movie in school. So Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sure we're making jokes and all that. Totally. Working on um, other homework. So, I would just like to say that I didn't watch this movie. I have not seen this movie. I've probably seen this movie about as many times as you have. Maybe a few more. Um, I ha also have a fun story. 
about this movie I that I would like it. to share. So, um, as I've said before, I am a singer and I have been taking voice lessons since I was eight or nine, 10 or 11, somewhere in there, or late middle, late elementary school, early middle school. I've been taking private lessons and, um, my very first voice recital ever, I, I think I was probably like eight or nine, um, the whole, it was the voice studio of one voice teacher and we only had like eight or nine students and most of them were girls except for one boy. And so the voice teacher decided that the whole recital was going to be princess song themed. Um, so, you know, someone did part of your world and somebody else did uh, probably like the colors of the wind and then like all of the girls and the one boy sang a whole new world together. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was really fun. If I remember <laughs> in my memory, it was fun. Um, but I got to sing Once Upon a December, which is a song from this movie. And I was, you know, a small, tiny blonde girl in a gold dress with gloves and a music box. <laughs> and I, it was probably not great because I was, <laughs> you know, nine years old. But I'm hoping I can find that video somewhere of me singing it and share that because... So anyway, I just have a very special connection with like this movie and the the songs in it, and um, we'll get into all that in a second. But I I I got two minutes into the this the, the movie, and my first note is Angela Lansbury in all caps with lots of exclamation points because I'd forgotten that she was in this movie. And then my next note right underneath that is two minutes in and I'm crying <laughs> because the very first scene is the grandma and Anastasia like exchanging the music box and singing their little lullaby together, which has the same melody of Once Upon a December. Right. Yeah. Oh, I was just like a mess. I was like, it's probably because I've only had limited amounts of sleep, but it also might just be that I'm just a really sad human being. <laughs> um, <laughs> so You're a very anyway. empathetic human being, I think we'll say. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and while we're talking about voice actors, um, I would like to just go down the laundry list of people that are in this this movie because a lot of people, I think, first of all, they think it's a Disney movie. And then I go, no, it's not a Disney movie. I guess it technically is now, though, right? Because Disney owns Fox now. Well, that was my first point on my list, which is that I didn't even realize that it's not Disney until... But so there, this movie has like some huge names in it. So Meg Ryan plays Anastasia. John Cusack plays Dimitri. Um, Kelsey Grammer's in this movie. <laughs> um, uh, Christopher Lloyd plays Rasputin. Um, Bernadette Peters, which I don't know if you know who that is. Um, she plays Sophie. I love Bernadette Peters. She's a Broadway performer. Uh, and then Angela Lansbury, obviously, uh, Mrs. Potts, plays the grandma. And then um, Liz Calloway, another Broadway performer who um, she actually... It's funny that she and Bernadette are in this movie because Liz Calloway is the singing voice for... Um, the role of Anastasia and it's funny that she and Bernadette are both in this movie because both of them are known for being specifically Sondheim women um, <laughs> Liz Calloway's done like Merrily, Merrily Roll Along and Follies and uh, a handful of other things but I just thought it was cool that they like threw some Broadway people in this movie and then like gave them stuff to sing which is awesome because um, that being said the music was written by um, I, I think it's Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty. I know it's <laughs> Flaherty and Ahrens. I don't remember their first names. Um, who are two of my favorite composers because they wrote Susical and they wrote a whole bunch of other stuff. You can go read their Wikipedia and it'll take you 20 years to read it all because they have done literally so many things. Huh. 
Yeah, um, I know very little about uh, Broadway and musicals and all the people in that scene myself, but that does seem like a very interesting um, genre that I'd love to break into sometime. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thing. So, like, I don't expect you to... <laughs> <laughs> didn't expect you to, like, know about the whole shebang, but no, it's no, Lynn yeah, Aaron's and Stephen Flaherty. I was right. Well, I mean, I, I didn't really. I just kind of knew... <laughs> Because I'm a big, I'm a musical theater is my thing. So uh, anyway, I was just was very excited. That's actually one of my notes. I wrote, everyone loves a musical, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote, this is really dark for a kid's movie, which I, I wrote like at least three times. This movie is really <laughs> dark for a kid's movie. See, I, I thought so too. But then like, they don't actually go into the facts of like, you know, the communist revolution and monarchy versus other forms of governance. It's not like, you know, no, that's really true. They could get very political and they don't, but yeah. still like, <laughs> I don't know. There's just, in fact, it's, it's kind just... of amazing. Like how much they skirt around those topics. It's like, he used to be the King and the King was around for hundreds of years. Then like, there's no uh, judgment statement on whether that's a good or a bad thing. It's just, wow, that's really old. It's just kind of like, that's a thing that happened. Yeah. And then I think at, at some point, uh, when we get like later on in the story when Anya's leaving, um, she leaves the orphanage and somebody calls somebody else comrade. Yeah, I think they call each other comrade. Yeah, which is like, which one was of the like only times that I was happens. like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. Well, I guess the first song there's some elements of like everyone is poor now because uh, it's like in the depressions of the uh, communist revolution. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, the movie takes place in 1928? 1926? something like that. I'm trying to remember. I didn't write a note on that. But she says the year at the beginning of the movie. I think she says 1916. Yeah. And then it flashes 10 years later. Exactly. So that would be 1926. So yeah. I'm still bad at, I'm still bad at math. Surprise, we, we're not doing D&D and I'm still bad at math. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's just go with like initial thoughts and... Did you like this movie? <laughs> I did like this movie. Um, let's see, there's a few things we could do. We could do the synopsis. We could do a song rapid fire, which I have further down in my notes. Oh, yeah. Would you do a synopsis for me? Like, tell me what this whole movie is about. Boy, okay. Put me on the spot. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, there was a family, the Romanovs, and they were rulers of Russia. And then Rasputin was a magical wizard, apparently. And that didn't happen, but it did here. And he came in and he was real mad and he broke up the party and everyone had to run away. Anastasia dropped her music box um, and Dimitri was there and Vlad was there too, I think. I don't remember. Um, and so they got away, except Anastasia didn't catch the train and she lost her memory somehow, which is something that I didn't quite catch. Uh, but then we find her 10 years later and she's at an over orphanage. Um, and decides to strike out on her own to try and find her past, which she doesn't remember. And so the rest of the movie is her and Dimitri and Vlad uh, traveling to Paris uh, so that she can restore her memories and find out she's really a Romanov like she thinks she might be. And um, there's also a 10 million rupee. You know, what is the Rubles? rubles yeah, that sounds the, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's rubles. I don't know. Um, 10 million ruble reward for... Uh, bringing Anastasia to the Empress, uh, or whatever she's called now. Um, and then once she gets there, then it turns out that she is Anastasia, which she didn't know. She was going by Anya for 10 years. And then they have a touching reunion, and then Rasputin does some magic stuff, and gets foiled, and dies gorily, 
and uh, Anastasia and Dimitri live happily ever after. Is that? And that's that's it. There's nothing in between. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you you did great. That's that is the general plot of the movie. Uh, it's a good movie, and if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Because well, what are like you doing? A, like a quiz for me, or? No, it wasn't. Making sure I actually saw the movie. If it no, it wasn't. <laughs> but if it was a quiz, you got a hundred percent. You did so good. Yay. Um so yeah. Let's talk about this movie. Um uh let's see. I, I just I wrote a mostly I wrote a lot of random things, like little moments that I liked. Yeah, sure. And most of my conversation was about the music, because <laughs> I love the songs in this movie. I love Journey to the Past. I love Once Upon a December. Sure. Do you want to jump into the um, song list? I kind of wrote down sure. all the ones that I think had lyrics. So first one was A Rumor in St. Petersburg. Um, I really loved good. the motion and the animation on the crowd scenes. Like that must have been so much work, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it fits into this tradition of a chorus, like singing at the beginning of a movie or a uh, play or musical or whatever about like the world's plot and uh stuff like that which i think is mm -hmm. neat um sort of establishing the setting and timing and what's going on in saint petersburg and yeah it was a good it was a good song mm -hmm. uh, i agree it, it's a good and, like setup you right. know um after that was journey to the past which i think is kind of the weakest song um, it's mm -hmm. very Disney, but we don't really know Anya at all at this point. Um, sure. and it's like really, really soon after the last movie, like only a couple minutes, it felt like, um, which it's still a good song and it's like a very Broadway song. I just right. don't think it was that earned with where it was in the movie. Um, and I didn't think the lyrics stood out that much. How about you? Well, I'm going to stop you right there because I, 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 Ugh, I like the song, but here's the thing. I agree with you, but if we're studying the form of a musical, mm -hmm. um, which this movie fits the form of a musical exactly right. It is 100% real musical form, uh, which is that you have your opening number, right? Which is yeah. Rumors in St. Petersburg. Yeah. And then the next song right after that is your I Want song where you introduce the main character and explain their plight and kind of what they want. And the I want song shows like who the main character is and what their end goal is. So that after that you can introduce the conflict and what's going to keep them from getting to their end goal. Gotcha. So you're saying instead of being a celebration of the exposition that we've learned so far, it's an introduction to the character. Which it is. is yes. The purpose of the song is to introduce her and who she is and what she wants and to explain, basically make the audience understand okay, get ready, because this is what the next two hours is going to be about. Gotcha. Is her traveling to Paris to find her family. Okay, in that case, I think as an introduction, it did pretty well. Right. So that was the purpose of the song. In, in the business, we call it an I want song. Um, makes And sense. just kind of explaining the character and what she wants, and so there's that. Now I'm so, learning things. <laughs> I hope everyone's learning things. That's kind of the, kind of the point. <laughs> Um, um, the song after yeah. that was Once Upon a December, I think. I don't remember when this was sung, uh, or at what point in the movie. Oh yeah, this was when they were in the, when she was in the ballroom by herself and she started yeah. hallucinating, uh, so ghost dancers. So she, she tries to get on a train to, or a boat, something, to Paris. I think it was a train, uh, yeah. 
And then she didn't uh, but have they don't pass. have yeah she didn't have papers so the woman behind her in line tells her to find dimitri because he can i guess get her forgery papers or something um yeah they were forging and, the papers right and so she asks around and uh, it finds out that he's in this like old abandoned it used to be the or... it used to be the palace of the uh, the romanovs right and then it was ransacked yeah so he um yeah, because they're not, they're not like kings and queens, they're like dukes and duchesses. So they had like a mansion, but it wasn't like a castle, <laughs> you know. Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, so th- he's he's living in their old home. Uh, and so she she is looking for him and basically she follows a dog inside. <laughs> and then uh, when she's in the ballroom, she all like, because um, Anya, or I guess Anastasia, whatever you want to call her, when she was, you know, eight, she fell off of a tr- fell off of a train and hit her head, and so she's an amnesiac. And oh, so is that what it was? Yeah. I completely missed that. Yeah, she. That's why she's like lying unconscious on the ground. I thought she just like tripped or something. Nope. I didn't realize she... that actually gave her brain damage. Okay, now everything right. makes sense. Which is why she doesn't remember anything because she woke up and like didn't even know what her name was. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, which is why they call her Anya, because she had no idea who she was. Because um, like, even so, if she had like trauma or whatever, they didn't specify that in the movie, and I still don't think like she was young enough to forget the first eight years of her life. But that makes more right. sense. That's they kind of they kind of they don't like outright say, "Oh yeah, you have amnesia," because that's like not a thing. <laughs> I don't think. Well, yeah. They they kind of just expect you to assume, I guess. But yes, it she's she's she has amnesia, so she does not remember so as she's in this ballroom like little bits of her memory start coming back to her and so she starts singing this melody from the music box um with like new words talking about like the things she's seeing and basically the words are like you know i i have i have a memory of this thing and i almost remember no i have a memory (laughs) of this thing and i almost remember it but it's just it's dimly there like a like a burning ember and i can't quite put my finger on it Um, don't make me sing it and it's it's like it's really a really beautiful scene because she's in this dusty dirty ballroom and then these like glittering like um have you been on the haunted mansion ride at disney yeah World? it's exactly like that these phantasms like, of her memory uh float in and start having a party and also her yeah dad's they start there. dancing and her dad's there which made me cry again yeah um well. she like does this big spin at better than the cinderella transformation she does this big spin and like, it reminded me of that it's like the exact same dress. effect <laughs> Yeah, they they just stole the the sparkles from the Cinderella transformation, um, but it's a great scene, and uh, she gets interrupted when Dimitri comes in. But um, a fun fact about this song, uh, it was the very first song that they wrote for the movie. That makes sense. Um, yeah, and uh, they wrote it in the middle of a heat wave, and so they were dying for some <laughs> some cold, and so that's what they wrote a song about once upon a December and snow and stuff because they were so hot. And that's how they wrote so, the movie Frozen. Exactly. They were like, we need some winter imagery because I'm dying. <laughs> so it was a heat wave in the middle of New York City. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's a fun fact about that song. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah. really like the animation here, too. Um, I think the ghosts floating in through the windows gives it like a really haunting and like spooky, but also really majestic vibe. Um, yeah. So props on that. And they were all glowy and weird, sort of like, I don't know. Like glittery and... Yeah, like you'd so like, expect a like, memory to be. Right, they were kind of like ghosts, but also kind of like fairies. <laughs> they were like fairy ghosts. 
I don't know. It was cool, though. It was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, okay, so what's next after that? Um, next, uh, I think that's when Bartok saw them. Um, and <gasps> yeah, Sorry. can we talk about that? What's your opinion on Bartok? <laughs> I love Bartok so much. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sad you don't like him because I wrote I love Bartok with like three exclamation points. <laughs> I wrote Bartok, colon, also bad. Oh, no! Okay, well, it's okay that we disagree, but, like, I just feel like, I don't know, I, I, I just kind of like the I mean, I can like guess why I... you like him, and you can guess why I don't like him, but let's talk about it anyway. <laughs> okay, I, I actually can't guess, but that's because I'm biased. So, I like him because I think, I like the unusual characterization of the villainous sidekick, Um. Because rather than being like constantly scrambling at Rasputin's feet and being like, please love me. And, oh, yes, all powerful master. I will do whatever you say. He's kind of just like, dude, you need to calm down. It's not good for your health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> aspect just... is interesting compared to. Well, I guess we'll get into that um, with our next episode. Wink. I mean, I just think in general, like <laughs> I just think in general, like as a villain sidekick, it's a very interesting characterization that is not very commonly used. Um, and I, I don't know. I just liked the idea of the minion kind of being like, yeah, okay, dude, whatever. And then in the end, he like, no, why are you going to kill her? I thought you just, <laughs> I don't understand. Just, just give up, you know, don't, don't kill the poor girl. So I, I, I don't know. I liked him as a character. Plus I thought he had some fun lines. He did. And I thought the performance was very fun, but like to me, I think what it comes down to is that it raised a lot more questions than answers. Sure. Um, I think without Bartok and maybe some of the other silly elements, it, the tone would have been a lot more um, uniform for the movie. Mm -hmm. Cause like, it's such a historical piece and like the rest of it is very grounded and I get into like sure. this goofy magic stuff um, and like animating statues and making ice happen. Um, and Bartok, I think, is kind of the epitome of that, like, weird, goofy 90s vibe that's being added to this otherwise, like, very, um, I don't know, down-to-earth story. Um, sure. And, like, basically, Bartok is the source of, like, half of the anachronisms in the movie and, like, you know, outside jokes, um, sort of like Robin Williams in Aladdin. Yeah. Um, which I think he was trying to fill the same sort of role, um, but maybe mm -hmm. less successfully. Um, cause like the genie obviously has the excuse of he's magic and can see the future or whatever. Um, or he could go with the post-apocalyptic theory of Aladdin, which is the, uh, which that's my yeah. favorite theory, but yeah, that's cool. Um, anyway, I think the Bartok didn't have that going for him. And as a result, he just like, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And there's a lot of questions he could ask, like, why could he talk? First of all, what connected him to Rasputin? Uh, why was he still around? Uh, sure. Why was there a pink version at the end that he kissed and then ended the movie? <laughs> sure. So yeah, which for are me all it was which kind are of all a very, distraction. Yeah, totally. Those are all very real and valid things um, that I agree with. Shut up. It's a real word. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that, uh, um, no, those are all real things that I, I I agree with you. But I also would just like to say, you know, it's a kids movie, and it's you know that's in the general formula of a movie written for children you have to have a fun animal sidekick that talks and makes jokes like no i just... know it's it's very of its time 
Yeah, like of nineties nineties kids movies. That's like that was the formula. You know, you had the hero, you have the the. That we have the girl that's you know a damsel in distress. Which while I'm saying that, um, Anastasia ain't no damsel in distress. No, yeah, that's a nice thing. Uh, I love her characterization a lot. In fact, I love her as a character. Um, I think I probably almost love her more than any Disney princess besides Belle. Um, just because I was Belle, and so that's kind of like a thing in my. She's part of me now. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I don't know. I just think Anastasia is, she totally could hold her own, like, if she wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, she she's yeah, yeah. the one that ends up saving the day. It's not like she gets in a tough spot and then all of a sudden Dimitri, like, has to come kill Rasputin. Sure. Like, I mean, she, she actually gets knocked like, unconscious. A, yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed that she was the one that ended up saving the day, not like the man coming in and, and saving her because she couldn't. Okay. Well, while I'm ripping on Bartok and addressing these sort of nineties cliches, can we talk about the animal companion? Cause the dog was another element Puka? that I thought, yeah, didn't need to be in the, uh, in the movie, like didn't really add much. Um, I, I mean, think the only, the main purpose of Puka was to set her on her goal on her path. Yeah. But after that point, well, I mean, he's a plot the... device, right? Cause like he also woke up when she was missing on the ship and right. stuff like that. And pointed, him, uh, pointed her towards St. Petersburg. Um, and led her into the garden to, for the final battle with the villain. The, oh, yeah. The maze. The, yeah, that was she weird. followed the dog barking, yeah. Yeah, so I did some research into that, like why Puka's in the movie. Sure. Um, and uh, this is crazy. It turns out that it was like a Make-A-Wish Foundation wish. Um, this oh. kid really wanted his persona to be in the movie. Um, so then Don Bluth like did that and added Puka to the movie and that's why uh, he's in there and he looks like sort of like a human with the hair and stuff. I That's actually a note that I wrote um, that Puka looks like a scene kid. Uh-huh. See, now and you I know why. I couldn't figure out why. That's, oh God. I don't know if I'm glad that I know that or not. <laughs> yeah, well, I just made that up. It was another bit. Are you kidding me? Nope. <laughs> I hate you. I went, I, I went, I thought you said you didn't do research. <laughs> You're the worst. I did Get a off my research. podcast. <laughs> anyway, you say that I the... cyber bully you. No, we, yeah, I was in the middle of talking about how, what a great female heroine Anastasia is and you, f*** you. <laughs> I'm not supposed to curse on this podcast. This is all getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, cut out my okay. great bit. No, your bit will stay. Just my anger will not. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I still love you. Um, okay, keep going. Song list is what we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about the song list. Anyway, Bartok, back to that. Um, grabbed the vial of bad juice and followed it all the way down to purgatory, um, I mm -hmm. guess. That was a bit hard to follow. Um, and that's where Rasputin's just chilling. I don't know how he got there after uh, being in a frozen lake, but that's where he is well, now. Well, he, he died. Yes, and he's, he's a zombie. Dead. Right, his soul can't move on. But he's I, I was got assuming a body it was purgatory as well. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Yes, I think they said it's purgatory. Um, and like he couldn't move I on. I don't know until if they he... ever explicitly. I don't remember them explicitly saying that, but that's the uh, like obvious assumption. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he said he can't move on until like he accomplished his goal of killing all the Romanovs. Right, right. which is purgatory. But, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So at that point, Bartok says Anastasia's still alive, and then Rasputin flips his lid and uh, starts singing uh, In the Dark of Night, In the Dark mm-hmm. of the Night, which is a very fun one. Um, yeah. I think the villain song is kind of a cliche, but this was definitely a fun song. Uh, Again, part of the traditional yeah. Broadway narrative. Gotta yeah, have sure. a villain song. <laughs> it's very triumphant and silly, and there are bugs for some reason. Um, sure. And I really like all the visual humor with his body falling apart. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. I think I my think... favorite one is where his hand stretches out like oh, God, yeah, that's Elastigirl creepy. to catch the... <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> or no, no, no. The best one is where his he calms down so much that his head goes inside his rib cage. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it's really good. I think it's so funny. I love it. it is. And his long beard is just sticking out of his neck. <laughs> <laughs> great doesn't make any sense like absolutely not realistically but, yeah, it's, but it's so good i i just think it's very funny. i think he's a very good villain although like obviously he had no motivation other than he was already trying to kill the romanovs and failed right um i think they maybe could have explained that a little better like what his history with the family is yeah that was the other thing i was like why is he trying to kill them like he said i think he said that they like betrayed ruined him. his good name or and yeah. betrayed him well because he was because... a holy man right well, I think if I'm remembering from AP Euro correctly, he uh, <laughs> was um, sleeping with the Romanov's wife or something. Sure. Um, but see, I'm talking about like in the context of the movie, I believe yeah, they introduced I him as like a, like a holy, like a, like a cleric or some kind of like holy man. Well, at the beginning of the movie, he was already disgraced and he was coming back for his revenge. So right. they didn't say so, what he did to begin with, except that he was pretending to be a holy man but he was evil and had dark yeah. magics okay anyway, anyway then he says he's gonna get his revenge and releases a green demon army mm. um and then after that i think it goes to the train scene yeah and where all of, with the train chase which yeah is fun. all of the interactions between uh dimitri and anya on the train were just fantastic i loved it <laughs> And and extremely realistic, and I love it. Yeah. It was like the most chill part of the movie, and also established their characters really well, and their relationship, and I like that. Yeah. And she broke his nose. <laughs> it's great. Um, the actual action scene on the train, I think, um, it was really goofy. Just the way that they're uh, exchanging like cheesy 90s banter while yeah. this train is falling apart and about to go over a cliff. Um, but it's, it's fun. Uh, it's, you know, appropriately nail biting. what do you think? Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was a fun, a fun action scene. Um, you know, again, Puka being used as a plot device to show them the, uh, the box of, uh, dynamite. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just all the, you know, typical like hero thwarting the villain, in every way the villain tries to be evil and they just come up with solutions for every, you know, obstacle. Yeah, it's uh, it's quick thinking, and I think that's um, pretty typical for action movies like that. Sure. It was fun. Um, I thought it was kind of a sharp transition between that and them being in a non-snowy area. Um, I kind of lost track of where they were on the map, but I guess yeah. they ended up south enough that it was pretty, and then they start singing Learn to Do It. Um, mm-hmm. which, which is a is, fun song is a very fun song and a very good montage um, and I especially love that moment where they were like we didn't tell her that 
Oh yeah, that's I think that's my favorite part of the song because yeah. that's the first time I think they start to kind of get the idea of like. Yeah, hold on a second. Who not... is this? Yeah. Yeah, um, I love the part uh, closer to the end where she's on the bicycle and she's like hunched over and trying real hard, and then all of a sudden she just sits up and it's like it's no big deal. Oh yeah. It's great. Just the, I don't know. Just the visual imagery of that whole sequence is is really fun. I'm not um, sure why princesses need to bike, but whatever. Need to what? Need to know how to ride a bike. Well, I, because it's it's the metaphor of like it's as easy as riding a bike. You know, you'd never forget how. Oh, that's good. I like that. Even if you're amnesiac. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, from there, they board a boat, and then bad things happen. Um, Ooh, so many bad things. She has a dream that Wait, she's... Wait, but good things oh, happen what? first, don't they? What? What happens on well, the boat? She, she gets a new dress. Oh, yeah. Which is very, very pretty. pretty in it. And, just then and she and Dimitri waltz together. Yep. And then Vlad's like, oh, come on, man. Shouldn't have danced. <laughs> he goes, dang it, I messed up. Uh, and then things go bad. And then things go bad, yes. Uh, Rasputin invades uh, her dreams and makes her start sleepwalking out of the room. And then Puka wakes up and uh, yells at Dimitri to go chase after her. And he gets there just in time and prevents her from jumping, which is creepy. Um, the fact that she was going to jump, I mean. Uh, and then that's that, sort of. I don't know. I don't think that scene really went anywhere, but... It was kind of Rasputin's second attempt, so I guess that kind of helps. Like, still yeah. imperiling. I think Rasputin could have done a lot more to imperil their, their journey. Like, Probably. If if he just did what he did to the train's engine, to the boat's engine, <laughs> and stranded them at sea, I think that's a pretty good way to at least halt their progress. Okay, but we're... We gotta keep the plot moving, first of all. And second of all, he's only trying to kill Anastasia, not everybody on the boat. Well, he doesn't care. He just well, has to do his I'm revenge. Just, I'm just saying. He stopped a train <laughs> earlier, and who knows what happened to those engineers. Yeah, that's true. When they found the front of the train, it was just empty. Where'd they go? Who knows? Presumably they got, like, kicked off the train before or something by green demons. Hmm. Or they got put in the furnace. <gasps> Ooh, told you, dark for a kid's movie. <laughs> anyway, they got off of the boat, and I think they're directly in Paris, I think. I don't remember. Or maybe it's like a short uh, trip from there to Paris. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a seaside city. <laughs> no. I've been there, and they didn't sing at all. Which leads us to our next song, Paris Holds the Key. Um, Just a great song. It is a good song. It's very silly. Like, the spirit of St. Louis is there, and that's fun. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's... The, so this is, in the structure of a musical, what we would consider the 11 o'clock number. What um, does that mean? Uh, it means that it is um, in Act 2, uh, and uh, the plot has started to kind of slow down a little bit. And the audience is falling asleep. And so we throw in a big dance number to wake the audience up. And we call it the 11 o'clock number. That makes so much sense because this song is full of life and there's people everywhere and they're all doing their crazy French things. Yep. And we're getting really close to the end of the movie with like the climax because the 11 o'clock number usually happens right before the big plot climax. Mm -hmm. um, 
Um, cause well, I think we get some more, we get some more like a, emotional relationship conflict and then we get like real plot climax and then the end of the movie. So we're, 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 we're in the right zone area for, for an 11 o'clock number. Um, another example is like, um, that's the troll song from Frozen. Oh, the, that's, that's, that would be, I would consider that an 11 o'clock number as well. That makes sense because it serves literally no other purpose in the movie. Exactly. It's just to... It, it, 11 o'clock numbers normally don't even drive the plot at all. They're just kind yeah. of like, okay, here's a fun, entertaining thing to happen right now before things get serious and dark and bad. Man, this perspective makes this movie make so much more sense. Yeah. I think if you have to... But here's the thing that I've found, with, especially with a lot of Disney movies, is that if you think about them more like a musical, they mm-hmm. make a whole lot more sense. I'm glad I'm doing this podcast with you. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, so after they all celebrate Paris, uh, then they try to get an audience with the, uh, what is she called? The Duchess Empress? Something like that? Yeah, the Dowager Empress Marie. What okay, I'm not saying that. Name. I'll just call her the Empress. <laughs> um, and... Angela Lansbury. <laughs> she's had her heart Mom. broken too many times by too many, uh, fake Anastasias, uh, and she's just, uh, started turning them away. Uh, which mm. is bad news for our Anastasia, um, and She's Dimitri. The real one. Dimitri goes full Grand Theft Auto to uh, kidnap the <laughs> Empress and uh, make her have a private audience with Anastasia, who at this point. Okay, but before that, they go see the Russian ballet and they see Cinderella and Anastasia oh, wears true? a beautiful dress. I didn't get it with Cinderella, but that's cool. How did you? Okay, first of all, <laughs> you had to have been writing notes because. They show three shots, and the three shots are are her sweeping the stage while two other girls dance around, um, another scene with a bunch of ballerinas that I think might be the fairy godmother, and then her riding away in a carriage and a man chasing after her with a shoe in his hand. And then they show a clip of the program that says Cinderella on the front. <laughs> so I'm not sure how you didn't get Cinderella, but I'm with you. Continue. I think I probably wasn't watching the stage. I was looking at the crowd because it was a very beautiful theater. Yeah, that's true. It was it, the art in the scene is really beautiful. Yeah, can we just also, talk about the backgrounds in the whole movie are like spectacular? Ah, yes, it's so good. The colors are very nice, but not too muted or too saturated. And I think it's a nice mm-hmm. backdrop for all the wonderful animation that's happening. No, I definitely agree. Also, time. while we're talking about animation, I would like to just talk about how literally all of Anastasia's dresses are so beautiful, like every single one of them, and I want them all in my closet so I can have them <laughs> to be mine. Especially the blue dress that she wears to the ballet with the long, like, long, long train behind her that just glit. Oh, man. Yeah, that's good stuff. I don't really almost have as good eye for as dresses. The, as but... the blue dress. Well, yeah, because that's... It's okay. It's almost as good as that blue dress from uh, from Wonder Woman, where she wears the sword in her back. But... I still haven't seen Wonder Woman. Oh, man, it's a good movie. I'm messing up. Some um... interesting casting decisions on the part of the villain, but you know, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay, where are we? Um, um, we Anastasia just talked about the ballet. Is... Yeah, yeah, so she found out that um, Dimitri was a con man, and this is all a ploy. And now right. she doesn't even think that she's Anastasia, um, and which is fine because neither does the Empress. Uh, but then the Empress asks about her necklace, and uh, it is the key to the music box. Yeah, which Anastasia. Well, yeah? What I what I, I interrupted you. You were talking about this. Dimitri 
kidnaps Dimitri uh, steals the car that the Dowager Empress is in and drives her yeah. to the house where Anastasia Theft is staying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the other thing that we forgot to mention was um, Dimitri knows for sure that she's Anastasia because when she went to interview with Sophie, who is the the Empress's uh, cousin or something, they're related somehow. Right, yeah, um, I forgot about that scene. You have to get uh, you have to get Sophie's approval that she's real before you can go talk to the the Dowager Empress. So was it Sophie or someone who was related to Sophie? Sophie was no, the one was doing Sophie. the interview, but oh, okay. Sophie was the blonde the blonde girl who took them shopping. Who's also uh, uh, in love with Vlad or something? Yes, very cute um, couple. They are super cute. And that's the character that's like, voiced by Bernadette Peters. I don't know who that is, but okay. Yeah, she's she's famous. You should know who she is. I'm glad she that has, Vlad and Sophie words. are not like, you know, stereotypical fat people, which is what happens in every animated movie from this time Oh, period. yeah. No, but. they're they're very cute and very well written. I mean, Vlad is a very yeah. distinguished character. Yeah. And wise and kind and... Just, and a great character great. design. I love his face. Oh, yeah. His facial expressions are awesome. Um, but anyway, the plot thing we forgot to mention was that... Um, she uh, uh uh Sophie asks Anastasia how she managed to escape from the castle when it got attacked. Mm-hmm. Um and she says there was a boy who took us through a wall. And then yeah. Dimitri was that boy and so he goes, "Oh man, she's the real deal because I was that boy, the servant boy in the kitchen that took her back through the wall." And so he knows like 100%, which also yeah. breaks his poor little heart cuz he's like uh, royalty can never marry a kitchen boy. Which is kind of a weak yeah. conflict, if I do say so myself. But yeah, like that's. I mean, one of the one of the princes of England is currently marrying an actress. Like it's that's not a real thing. Well, an actress is a little different from a con man. Uh, actresses. <laughs> Actress is still like high society. If well, been she's in some... also not British. She's American. Oh. <laughs> so there's that too. Well, I wouldn't know. I'm not following along with that. Anyway, I don't keep up with it either. I just thought it was interesting because it's the first time one of the royal family has married an American in like 70 years. So. Hmm. Mm. I was going to mention it's also very convenient timing for Anna to uh, be restoring her memory. Yes, it is very convenient. Which, but, I'm not I mean, sure how that was coming back, but then again, I wasn't sure how she lost it to begin with, so. Well, I don't Plot know. I mean, I think, to me, having being, like, sensorily surrounded with, like, a lot of things that are familiar. Or yeah, like that makes sense. Being, I think also just being asked the right questions, like, you know, I don't know that they had ever talked about you know, she specifically got asked that question of like, "How did you escape from the cat, from the palace, or from the house?" Yeah, and like, you know, having to think about that, like she was like, "Hey, by the way, I have an answer for this." You know, it was the same as I'm skipping forward a little bit, but it's same as later, like when she smells the peppermint oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grandma, and I think they she do a really good. All of a sudden, um, has this like flood of memories that come. They back. do a nice uh, representation of like her trying to bring these memories up from. Uh, from like the depths um yeah. and she always like fiddles with her necklace when she is thinking about the past which i think is a really cool touch yeah i agree because that's her thing from the past what mm. um okay so we uh we talked about uh so so the dowager empress comes to meet anastasia and so yeah that no no i wasn't skipping forward i guess um so she she 
what she's like i guess you're not the real thing and so uh the grandma walks by and anastasia's like hey peppermint oil and then she like remembers that she once spilled a whole bottle of peppermint oil and she used to like lie on the carpet and smell the peppermint because she missed her grandma so much and then uh Grandma pulls out the music box and it turns out that Anastasia's necklace opens and turns on the music box. And so she unlocks it and then they both they have a teary, joyful reunion and then cut them later looking at like a bunch of family pictures together and like drawings that she made when she was a kid. And God, the reunion's so good. Oh, man, it's all so good. The emotional connection was fantastic. And if I had cried at this movie, that's where it would have been. If. But you're well, a heartless person, so listen. <laughs> I've got problems. <laughs> it's okay. I'm I I feel enough for both of us and ten other people, so it's okay. <laughs> I feel too much. Depending anyway, on who you ask. I really like how they're bonded over their uh, December song. I think that's a always a neat detail. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's very good. Um. So after that. We go, we skip forward to, I guess, a couple weeks later? I, I think maybe, so. Maybe a couple time days? Gets a it's definitely loosier, not like, yeah. The, yeah, time gets loosey goosey. But anyway, they are throwing a party to celebrate and, like, basically, like, introduce her back to the world. Meanwhile, Rasputin is up in a clock tower for some reason. And he's <laughs> on Earth again, but he's still a zombie. And he's yeah. mad. And he's going to launch his counterattack. And that's all we see of him for a little while. Yep. Um, and so. Uh, Dimitri comes back to see the dowager and she offers him money and he says no and doesn't take it because I didn't, he doesn't, yeah. yeah, he doesn't want it anymore and there's only one thing he wants which is to be with Anastasia but that can't happen and so he's like, nah, just, it's all good, whatever. This is a bit schlocky for me, but whatever. Yeah, but Please I mean, again, typical, typical, typical for the cliche. genre. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, it wasn't, I, you know, I excuse it because that's a very tired and normal, boring plot line. So. <laughs> um, but yes, so uh, Anastasia and Dimitri meet on the stairs and she's mad at him because she thinks that all he wanted was money. And, you know, he's just kind of like, whatever, we can't be together. So bye, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the uh, Empress has a very roundabout way of telling her that he didn't take the money. And yeah, she so she waits until him. like the moment for the... <laughs> coronation she's like so you get to choose now do you want to stay in this family or do you want to go be with this boy that you've only known for like three weeks which i mean the fact that she told her at all is she's a good grandma (laughs) yeah that's true um good grandma but also like yeah no you're right anyway so anastasia makes can't make a decision but then all of a sudden she hears the dog barking in outside and so she follows the dog into the plant maze what is it a bush maze it's a hedge it's a, maze. yeah a hedge is. maze and then the hedges are all spooky and close behind her and yep. i gotta use that in my D campaign hold on a sec oh no, no now kidding. i'm afraid <laughs> um and and then and then in our D campaign rasputin shows up. <laughs> um uh so anyway rasputin shows up and they're on a bridge yes somehow the hedge maze ended in a bridge and they're <laughs> like there now the- yeah, the hedge maze a basically basically like eventually led to like a bridge over a giant bridge over a river. But like the uh, vegetation was also I think covering the end of the bridge, so I think Rasputin was extending the hedge maze and confusing probably. her. Probably. 
so. probably using magic. Magic. Um, it's magic. real, I guess. In in animated movies, anything can be real. <laughs> well, then why don't they use magic in the communist revolution? That's that's a really good question. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, oh, we I've can't got another question history. before I forget again. Um, sure. Is it implied that Anastasia's relatives who all boarded the train all died? Because the Empress is definitely the only living Romanov besides Anastasia. Actually, no, Anastasia is called the only living Romanov. Besides the fact that the Empress is alive, which, I don't know, maybe she's from a different family? She's Yeah, she's not a Romanov. Yeah. Um, which is why he's not out to kill her either. Yes. No, the Romanovs were so her mother him, and father. Yeah. So I guess I, they died. I, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that she had siblings. Presumably, the train got caught before he left Russia or something. Well, I don't. That's my guess. No, I think they all got killed, and then the grandmother escaped with Anastasia. She was the last one. No, that's what I'm saying. Wait, are you saying in real life or in the movie? In the movie, that was my impression: was that they all died in the house. At the park. Oh, was it just the grandmother that made it on the train? Yeah. I thought no, there no, were other. None of her other relatives made it, no. Okay. Yeah, okay. So they all got killed in the house, and then Dimitri yep. helped uh, the Empress and Anastasia escape. Yep. But Anastasia hit her head like a, like a dummy. Well, I mean, she was eight years old and can't run. Like a dummy. <laughs> um, so, anyway, yes. Anyway, we're on this bridge with Rasputin. He's real mad, and he's got crazy magic that we don't understand. Um, and then he makes a uh, statue do some things, and he makes the bridge explode, and he makes it icy, I think. Um, yeah. And it's crazy. And then Dimitri's there. What? Um, which, I don't know how he found them. He didn't have Puka. Uh, but he's there, and he's there to save the day. Well, I think he, gets he was hit. on his way back to the house. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was on his way back because he was at the train station and he found the rose in his pocket and realized that he really just wanted to see, be with Anastasia. And so he mm -hmm. went back, I guess, to, probably to try to get her to change her mind. Boy, it's a good but thing no one else saw this bridge and everything that was <laughs> happening on it. Yeah, right? Where, where There was like nobody else. Can you imagine how They're different the show is? They're all at the, the party. That's true. Can, oh, that's really true. Can Well, besides the people at the train station. All can you Paris. imagine how different this story would be if, like, the cops showed up? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> There's a wizard on our bridge. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Devil worship. Um, yes. Which he sold his soul to get magic powers. Can anyone do that? And how? I mean, is that lot of what things a warlock I want to know. is? Yes. Technically. I'm still going to call him a wizard because it's a funnier word. <laughs> wizard. Rasputin the wizard. Um, we're, I'm very off topic. Dimitri gets hit with rocks. Dimitri gets hit with rocks and he gets knocked out and then um, Anastasia steps on the uh, vial thing and it explodes and so does Rasputin in a very gross way. Yikes. This one's for Dimitri. This one's for my family. And I forget what she says. I think this one's for me is what she says. And I think she says this one's for you. Dasvidanya's. Dasvidanya, that's right. Oh, like for, I don't remember. Yeah. I think it's Dasvidanya. Uh, whatever. I don't speak Russian. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, I didn't okay. do enough research. 
I can't believe you don't speak Russian. How dare you come and talk about Anastasia when you don't speak Russian? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, he melts and the bridge is still a mess, but they're okay. And uh, he, Dimitri, is not dead. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I mean, he just got hit with a little rock, whatever. Walk it off. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe... Oh my God. Okay. Anastasia AU where uh the the movie ends and, and Anastasia dies? has all her no Anastasia has all her memories back but now Dimitri's in an, an amnesiac <laughs> and she has to like try to help him get all of his memories back because he got hit too head on the hard with a rock on the too hard on the head with a rock Don Bluth Anastasia too come on <laughs> you've been waiting you just, it's been 21 first years you just have to change the end of the first movie and then <laughs> well, it's barely a change he didn't have to remember anything to know that uh, she was smoking hot hey now don't uh <laughs> <laughs> listen you can't defend the fact that he had like one character trait and it was loving Anastasia <laughs> he was very yeah, 90s that's true yeah that's and he, true he's very vanilla and very much the protagonist yeah he could have been uglier i think considering he was a kitchen boy well i mean kitchen boys can be cute <laughs> listen anastasia's great so i don't care <laughs> yeah dimitri is not the focus of this film no not at all she's a great character i think if she was poorly written i would probably be complaining more but... yeah She's His voice not, acting was good. So was hers. Oh, yeah. Both of them were great. I, I think the direction on this film was really good, too. Yeah. You know? it, voice actors are, are only as good as their directors. So uh, well I thought it was, uh, it was well, well directed. Um, so anyway, Rasputin dies. And yes, you're right. It's very terrible and awful. Yeesh. <laughs> and there's a shot of her holding Dimitri and the bone dust goes by. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. What if it got in their mouth? That's what I was saying. Like, what if she had to taste the bone dust? I hated it. Nasty. (laughs) Bone dust. Um, So anyway, they live happily ever after. And she decides not to stay and be a princess. And she runs Well, I thought that was like a temporary thing, maybe for the honeymoon. And then she could come back and like... I mean, Who knows? It's not like Don she Bluth, has a... Anastasia too. Let's go. We're all waiting for it. It's been 21 years. <laughs> Listen, don't you do this to me. <laughs> well, it's not like she had any official position after she came back. It's just like her grandmother had um, leftover riches from, you know, being Empress of Russia or sure. whatever. Sure. Um, and that's what they were living off of. So it's not like she has an official position. I don't think they need to care about the fact that Dimitri used to be a, a kitchen boy. Right. Well, and I don't think they really need to worry about having an heir either, do they? No. I mean, yeah. unless they don't spend all the Empress's money. Yeah. I think it's doesn't matter whether she stays or goes. Yeah. Um, so I'm not like, sure why she made it out like a choice when she could just Here's my only problem. Both. Yes. Here's my only problem. Only problem. Anastasia, her choice to water it down was love or family Mm -hmm. and it may just be that i have never been in a relationship with someone where i want to spend the rest of my life with them but if i was making that choice family always comes first oh good you too i was worried that you're gonna go the other way because i do have some friends that are like really like that and 
no, no, no. That know. might be just me as a person and who I am. But no, like, same. Yeah. my family, my siblings, my mom and dad. And trust like, me, even if my grandma was the only the... person I had left, she that like my family is, they yeah. are the most important thing in my life. And whoever ends up getting married to me has to understand that they are now part of my family, not like a separate entity from it. Right, yeah, I think that's like something that a lot of these movies uh, back in that era didn't really get, which is that loves and families are not two completely different things. Right. I mean, like, of course, of course you have a relationship with, like, your significant other outside of your family and, like, you spend time with them away from your family and, like, you know, of course, obviously. and like, But, like, still, you know, they should be a part, they're a part of your family now. Like, that's what marriage is. It's, like taking two families and joining yeah. them together external and forces aside like if your family's bad but that's not the case here well there's oh, no yeah, reason that they no. couldn't have just married and lived with the empress and that's well, the of course of well especially because her grandma's the only person she has left in life like her parents yeah. are gone it's like well i'll see you when i come back grandmother i'm 80 something anastasia <laughs> and it's 1926 i don't have long okay yeah <laughs> And, like, we were separated for 10 years, and now I found you. And, oh, okay, you're leaving me for this boy that you've known for three weeks. Nice. Have a great time. Yeah. Like, you know, I just, so it's very weird. frustrating to me, and I wish it hadn't ended that way. So in my mind, much like you, I like to imagine that they were just going away for their honeymoon, and they were going to come back and live I, with her. Yeah. <laughs> because I got really sad. I was like, what? you just got back together. Why are you leaving again? No. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was my that's my only problem with this movie is the the ending seemingly to be kind of open like that. I wish they had like definitively definitively been like, yeah, she comes back and lives with her grandma and it's great. They kind of went sort of like with a halfway thing, and I think if they'd established the stakes more um, on her final choice of being with uh, Dimitri or her grandmother, um, it would have been a little better. Like, obviously earlier in the movie they talked about, well, princess can't be with a kitchen boy. And then they didn't right. say that at the end. Like that wasn't. It didn't seem like that was factoring into her choice. Um, right. So I think well, and the they grandma didn't say anything about it either. Right. I think they could have either um, had the full happy ending, which is that she stayed with uh, her grandmother and Dimitri, um, and like made that clear, or they could have said, like, this isn't going to work. I have to choose Dimitri, and then the grandmother mm-hmm. is sad but is fine with it. And it didn't seem like they did either of those. They kind of just didn't explain it well and the movie ended sure so yeah yeah <laughs> anyway what we wanted to talk about next yeah i oh yeah was the gonna... Broadway musical yeah i was gonna shift gears to talk about the fact that it's a musical i only found this out because i was watching um one of the songs again and one of the youtube comments said like they changed Rasputin or they removed him for the musical yeah. And replaced him with a more grounded villain, which I think is a sensible choice. Which I agree with that. So so this is why I kind of wanted to talk about this, um, because there are several differences. Um, I also want to talk about the musical because I haven't seen it, but I'm dying to because I will send you the clip to the like two minute because um, because for Broadway musicals nowadays, they make like um, uh, a sizzle I, reel promo reels. Yeah, yeah. To make it look so. I can't, we'll get into that in a second, but basically, yeah, they replaced, um, they took Rasputin out and replaced like a, replaced him with another more realistic villain. He doesn't use magic. Which is fine for me. I think, like I said, that was the most confusing thing about this movie is the, the simultaneous presence of this very grounded plot about love and family and also wacky magic hijinks and zombies. Right. Which like, and talking I think it's so much better. 
and people were mad because they were like, well, it's not like the movie because the magic is gone. And I was like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> even affect that much. Like, uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I appreciated that they did it that way. Um, plus you'll be happy that both Puka and Bartok are cut from the musical. Neither <laughs> of them exist. Um, I wouldn't want to imagine if they were actually there in the musical. So I don't want to think about how they would do that. Yep. Um, uh, also at the beginning when the revolution starts, um, unlike in the movie where the, the Empress and Anastasia are together in the musical version, she's not in Russia at the time. Oh, okay. Um, also, uh, the, the deaths of the Romanovs is shown instead of implied. You get to see it happen and Anya is there. Rip. Okay. And watches her family die. And then does she block it out? Cause that's what I kind of thought they were going for. Um, is like she suppressed yes. the whole thing and I'm forgot about it for sure. 10 years. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to read here what happens. Cause like I said, I haven't seen the musical. I just kind of know that it exists. Right. I want to see it very bad though. Um, also, here's another thing that I'm excited about. S- Sophie gets replaced with a character named Lily. To what end? Like, what does that mean? Uh, she she gets she gets replaced by a character. So they renamed the character Lily. Oh, but it's um, the same thing. Pretty much, her relationship with Vlad is much more defined, though, and they spend more time going into it and like making it more kind of that's fine developed. And also. Um, it takes, so also they, they sing Paris holds, the, uh, Sophie does, or Lily, whatever, doesn't sing Paris holds the key to your heart. Anya, Dimitri, and Vlad sing the song before they even meet with her. Okay. Um, Anya's grandma doesn't give her a necklace, only the music box. Okay, I think you need both to make that climax work. Yeah, but... I'm not really sure how, how that works out, but like I said, haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, the songs, so here's the other thing they did with the musical that i didn't know they take the songs learn to do it and journey to the past and they switch them so the Hold order on. of songs the order of songs goes uh well then what's your i want song because that doesn't make sense I don't, as an i'm I want not song. sure she they added a new one it's called in my dreams oh uh, okay so they they added because you know when you make a musical you got to add a bunch of new music <laughs> The only, so here's the ones from, the, so they kept, so the prologue is Once Upon a December, uh, Rumor in St. Petersburg, Learn to Do It, Once Upon a December, the real version, Journey to mm-hmm. the Past, which is, Journey to the Past is actually the act one closer, which is, that's um, that very unusual. That's very unusual. It's uh, very uncommon to end, uh, well, no, that's not true. I don't know. It is unusual to end an act with a solo. That doesn't happen very often. Normally it's a big group number. So that's kind of an interesting choice. Um, Paris holds the key to your heart opens act two, which is cool. Um, Vlad has a song. Oh, meant to be is a song that's apparently in the movie. Huh? What happens? Um, Oh no. I think that's the one of them waltzing on the boat. There's a song there, isn't it? Mm, Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't but know if there's bolded. words, but there's like, oh yeah, yeah. It's like I think it's just about how to dance. Okay, and then the Once Upon a December reprise. Um, but on, so those are you know that's like seven or eight songs, and in the musical there's twenty, thirty songs. <laughs> <laughs> so so they add a bunch of things. Um, but yeah, so uh, Anya sings a song called "In My Dreams." Also, in the musical, they don't explain like where she was in between. Um, like the orphanage 
I guess, isn't talked about. I don't know what this oh. means. Where huh. Anya was in the intervening time is not revealed in the play. Mm. Well, she was out of the country when the Romanovs fell. Sure. So, uh, Unlike the movie, Dimitri isn't involved in the final confrontation, apparently. Okay. So it's just... interesting. Well, it's a different villain, so everything's probably different about that. Yeah, I'm not sure what the final confrontation like is either. If I had to guess, the villain is probably sort of a, a Hans from Frozen type deal. But that would just be, mm. like, I think the easiest choice. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, like, a... If Anastasia ended up becoming, like, a diplomat and they ended up reaching a peace and just kind of being... Not friends, but, like... Wait, what do you mean? With who? Uh, like, the, the villain. His name is Gleb. <laughs> what? Which is really bad. That's a really um, bad name. It is a really bad name. Gleb Vag- Vaganov. <laughs> the Dark Romanovs. <laughs> <laughs> the goth version. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so uh, the musical has had mixed reviews, which is kind of a bummer because if you watch the promo reel, it is just really beautiful. And so the cool thing about the musical is that like, Oh my God. Ugh. Uh, they, the whole, it's the musical of the future because the whole backdrop is, uh, there aren't any backdrops. It's a big. Whoa, what? It's a big it's TV? A big TV screen. No way. And so there's this really cool scene where when she sings Journey to the Past, she like puts her arms out and then the camera pans up and over the trees and then you get the sunset over the, the Paris skyline with the Eiffel Tower coming. Oh my God. It's like tear. I cry every time I think about it. Uh, and That's awesome. There's the, the cool scene on the train. The train is really cool because the, you know, the, the scenery like goes by and then there's a part where the train car rotates and the screen, the image on the screen rotates with the train car. Huh. I want to go see this musical so bad you don't understand. Like, I would give anything to have a plane ticket to New York for a weekend just to see Anastasia. Like, I'm dying. Yeah, that's cool. I hope more shows do that because that's, that's neat yeah. technology. This is, I mean, I agree. I A lot of, like, Broadway and musical purists are really pissed about it because they're like, you know, oh, technology is just, it's going to be like watching a movie. You know, you're just sitting there and there's a TV screen and, and I'm going to see a musical, not a movie. And I, I've had, like, at least three old people who are professional performers say that to me of course they're all like in their 50s or older Mm -hmm. but i was like i was like this is the way of the future do you know how like plus it gives it's a whole nother set of jobs that opens up to people like animators weren't necessarily a thing we needed in musicals before but now like people who work in like computer animation or even hand-drawn animation or whatever have like an opportunity to have a job because we use projections and we use you know like, no, I think um, there's something to be said for the incredible work that goes into backdrops and props. Uh, and I think, obviously, the props you're still going to need on the stage. Um, like, I assume the stage isn't completely barren besides this. Oh, TV no, of course. Back, I mean, they have, like, they have, like, other things that fly in, too. Like, there's um, a wall flies in so that you see the the projector screen through the windows. Um, and it's, like, there's, like, snow coming down, but there's, like, hmm. a, there's, like a wall of windows in front of it. Um, gotcha. So, like, there's other things. You know, and it's it's also not, like... You know, they're not like they're wearing costumes. It's not like they're projecting costumes onto the actors or like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's not like the actors aren't there and then they're using like a projection of a dancer on stage. Like, it's just to add to the background. And I I don't know. I just get frustrated when people are adverse to. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just get frustrated when people are adverse to technological advancements, especially in theater, because I think theater plus technology is real magic. People get really attached to tradition for that kind of stuff. I mean, I agree, but I also I have a whole other set of issues with Broadway being extremely elitist. But that's another that's another conversation. <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. Let's talk um, about Anastasia. See. Yeah, we are talking about Anastasia. Well, I mean, let's go back to the movie. Okay, we can. I'm sorry, I had to. Oh, so something I wanted to talk about too, um, like awards for stuff. So this movie got nominated oh. for a bunch of things, mostly for the music. Um, Understandable. Yeah. Um, so Journey to the Past got nominated for both an Academy Award and a Golden Globe. And Once Upon a December got nominated for a Golden Globe. But both, all of them lost. And I'll, I'll let you guess why. Don't Google it. I want you to guess. Think about the year. 1997. Man, and I then guess. Uh, what else was that year? Help me out. It's not an animated movie. I'll start by Smash Mouth. Shrek didn't come out in 1997. <laughs> yeah, but the song might have. Okay, it was. It lost to "My Heart Will Go On" from Titanic. Oh, that makes sense. Because Titanic came out in 1997. Yeah, and I'm sure destroyed everything. It, yeah, and I'm still mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Man, I mean, that must like, be the worst feeling. Sense. Huh? That must be the worst feeling. Is like our movie would have won all the stuff it, if it didn't come out at the same time as this other movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think this was before they were actually doing, the Academy Awards was actually doing nominations for animated feature films. Oh, before like the category was created. Cause I think yeah, Pixar had something to do with that. Probably. Right? Cause this was, let me see, hold on. This was 98. I don't think it was actually even a category yet. Yeah. No, it was uh, animated short film. Uh, maybe it was Shrek that started it. It was probably Shrek. Let's talk about no, Shrek. Please don't. No, it's not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it got nominated for a bunch of Annie Awards. Um, uh, it didn't win a whole lot, which is kind of a bummer. Um, like, Meg Ryan got nominated for her performance. Angela Lansbury got nominated for her performance. But you know who did win? Mm-hmm. Hank Azaria for his job as playing Bartok. <laughs> <laughs> won an award for outstanding individual achievement for voice acting by a male performer in an animated feature production. That's silly. Yeah, it is. Um, it won best f- favorite animated family movie at the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. It won best family film from broadcast film critic- cl- critics. Um, but it didn't win any animation awards or Academy Awards or Golden Globes, which are the ones that matter as far as like. I'm just sitting here imagining Blockbuster as like a cultural influence. <laughs> do you, <laughs> do you, such rem- a do you have any era. memories of like going to Blockbuster and renting things? Absolutely none. Seriously? You don't? Nope. Oh, but I do. One time I think we had actually, the... hold on. I think there, I don't know if it was Blockbuster, but there was a video store that was near us that had all these other movies that we rented, but. I don't think uh, it was one time we had a uh, we had we rented um, the Powerpuff Girls movie for so long that um, Blockbuster just stopped sending us letters to ask for us to pay for it, and we just got to keep it. <laughs> you drove them out of business. <laughs> yeah, I specifically with the Powerpuff Girls movie drove them out of business. Sorry, Man, I must have rented Bionicle from them so many so many times. Why am I not talking about Bionicle? You should invite me back for that episode. (laughs) 
next time. Okay. I promise. Um, also, it'll make you happy to know that in 1999, they released a direct-to-video spinoff and prequel. Starring Bartok, right? Called Bartok the Magnificent, which has focuses on Bartok and gives him a whole backstory. So, hey, maybe you'll get some answers to your questions that you have about I why will. he exists. That's your homework. You have to go find and watch Bartok the Magnificent. Good luck. Okay, but you have to watch it also and we'll do an episode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, look at the animation for this. It's like, oh, it's not very good. <laughs> I don't think that will fit with your brand of being an enthusiast podcast. Oh, but it was directed by Don Bluth. Well, that helps. And the the music was still written by Stephen Flaherty, which is crazy to me. Are there songs in this movie? What the heck? I don't want Bartok singing. No. <laughs> Oh, there are. There's songs in this movie. I'm sorry. (laughs) Listen, I want to watch this now just purely for for the enjoyment (laughs) of watching it. Oh, man. Let's get to our finishing thoughts then. Then we can jump into that. That sounds great. Um, So, yeah. What are your finishing thoughts about the movie Anastasia? Uh, There's a few dimensions we could talk about, and I think we already covered most of them. I don't think we talked about the overall style too much, because this was in that window where they were starting to experiment with 3D elements within 2D animation, and it did not work ever, (laughs) basically, when they tried it. Um, So that's a little silly to see. Um, But other than that, I think the 2D is pretty spectacular. It kind of does that thing where like they do entirely too much work, and the characters end up floating around a lot which is kind mm-hmm. of distracting at times. Um, but yeah, I think great character designs, great animation, good emotional connection. Um, yeah. What would you give this movie? Uh, how would I rate it? Yeah. Um, I'd probably give it somewhere between a seven and an eight. Yeah, me too. Um, it's not like... I'm not saying that because you did. That's what I wrote down. The seven no, yeah. Ten. Um... <laughs> Uh, I, I probably would I just say, like, it's not, you know, a perfect movie and um, it's, it's not a movie. Yeah, it's definitely dated. Uh, it's not a movie I would watch, like, every day, although I probably should watch it more often than I do because I do very much enjoy this movie. Yeah, maybe once, um, more than once every seven years when I forget its existence would help. That, right, exactly. <laughs> um, fun fact, actually. Oh, excuse me. This is less of a fun fact and more just a personal thing, but the last time I watched this movie was in... Uh, November when my sister was here because uh, she she came over to hang out at my house and because uh, they came to visit me in Oklahoma and my sister was here hanging out at my house and my roommates found out that she had never seen Anastasia and they freaked out and so they made her sit down on the couch and watch it <laughs> in my living room. <laughs> That's cute. It was really cute. So Last time I was before kind of you watched it for the but... podcast, right? Huh? Last time before you watched it for the podcast, right? Oh yeah, no, I yeah, that was when I'm like <laughs> the last time I watched it before I watched it on yeah. Monday morning, so. Yes, and and cried my eyes out, oh. like a, like a baby multiple times. That's Seriously though, Paris holds happened. the key to your heart. Like I had tears streaming down my face. It probably was just because I hadn't had any sleep, but <laughs> you know. <Blue. laughs> listen, listen. Broadway musicals get, make me feel things. That's why I'm a musical theater performer. Because I know, I, but get I, some sleep. Well, I slept now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't hadn't okay never mind this is not important we've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes and that's ink take everyone thanks for tuning into <laughs> our show 
I'm thank your you host, guys so Dragan. much for I'll listening. Be back okay, Drega, be quiet. <laughs> um, so, how can people find you if you want to be found? Um, if you well, don't want to be found, that's fine. But I was going to do, do a cross promo for the Jekin Crusaders, but now I'm realizing that does not translate very well into audio. So, do I want to like spell it? Maybe. Um, I'll put it in the. I'll put a link in the description. Okay. Uh, well, that's but, my D and D podcast. You can also find Blue there, and probably uh, more than a couple of the guest yep. stars that Blue is having on Ink Tank. Um, yep. That's my big thing that I'm working on, and I'm real proud of it. When she said yes. Yeah, it's, I'm really proud of it too. I think it's it's going really well so far and I like the story and our characters and I will just give a heads up since this is technically a clean podcast that that one is not yes. a clean podcast and so if you are a 12-year-old, please... It's not a dirty, nasty podcast. We just say no, bad words. we're not nasty boys. We just say nasty words sometimes. <laughs> Mostly me when I get mad at you for not letting, letting me level up. I do some things to my players that they don't like. Um, you do some things that we do like too. Yeah, mostly. Um, mostly those. But yeah, it's a good, good time, and I would recommend it. And thank We you. fight a lot of spiders at the beginning, so if you can just get through that, it gets <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. gets really good. Um, but yeah, no, definitely check that out. Um, I'll put a link to uh, our website where you can listen to it in the description of this episode, and also um, how you can find us on Twitter, because we are there as well, and on Tumblr, on both of those places. Yes, thank um, you. What about you personally? Do you have any any websites you want to share or you're kind of just not um, feeling I don't that? know you can find my blog I guess I'm Dragadude on Tumblr but that's not very important it's just cool. like memes and um, <laughs> we are uh, available you can follow us on Twitter at Ink Tank Cast that is I-N-K-T-A-N-K Cast on Twitter and Tumblr and also you can find us on our host website at LunarLightStudio.com that's studio not plural just S-T-U-D-I-O and uh, there you'll find all of our other podcasts. Uh, thank you so much again for listening to Ink Tank and hearing us talk about Anastasia. Drega, thank you again for joining me. It was lovely to have you. Thank you. And we will see you next time with more adventures. And I still don't have a closing line. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>